Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Boston Podcast, episode 374. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Boss Up. And as we round the corner into Q4, we are preparing for year-end performance reviews around here. And I have a feeling so many of you tuning in are navigating that kind of a conversation as well. Now, whether you've already started a formal process that your company has in place when it comes to performance reviews towards the end of the year, or if you work at a place that has no formal system and structure when it comes to performance reviews, today is going to help you think critically about how to make a performance review serve you. So what I mean by that is I don't want you to think that performance reviews are just some bureaucratic, boring process that you have to navigate by just getting paperwork done and getting through them. No, I want you to think about capitalizing on performance reviews. How can you make this an opportunity for reflection and self-advocacy? So that's what I really want you to think about today. And know that if you're a manager of people, if you're navigating performance reviews in that you're giving someone else a performance review this year, This is just part one of a two-part series that I will be continuing that part of the conversation in an upcoming episode soon. So stay tuned. Today, we're focusing on how to navigate your own performance review when you are the one in the hot seat. So today, I have five specific boss tips I want you to keep in mind when preparing for any year-end performance review. The first is to really embrace this principle of persuasive communication. You always want to consider your goals and your audience. Persuasive communication always boils down to that being goal-oriented and audience-centered. So what does that look like in the context of a performance review? Let's think about your goals. What are your goals going into this review season? And please don't tell me it's just to get A pluses across the board or to get exceeds expectations across the board. That doesn't mean in the grand scheme of things, to be honest, right? Yes, we are, you know, we are, especially as women, conditioned to perfect, perform, and please, but to what end? <laughs> like, what is the point of, of getting high marks on your performance review? Beyond that, what are you actually aiming for in your career? What do you want Not just when it comes to advancing your career, but also advancing your craft. So when I think about what I want going into a performance review, I'm thinking personally and professionally. So personally, maybe you want more work-life balance, more schedule predictability. Maybe you want a more manageable workload. You need more staff on your team, more headcount. Maybe you want clarity when it comes to expectations and deliverables. 
or more regular opportunities to get feedback. Maybe you want growth in your career, but I'd be very careful about words like just growth because that is not specific enough. You say growth, and you might mean professional development resources so that you can go out there and grow your skills, but your manager might hear, oh, you want more responsibility. Yeah, I can give you growth. No problem. So don't leave it up to interpretation. Be specific. What are you actually looking for when you say growth or or any of those kinds of terminologies like work-life balance? Do you want more money, more responsibility, more promotion, more professional development funds, more coaching, more mentorship? Be specific when asking for growth or asking for anything that's going to advance your career. Because if you don't do the mental work of taking a stab at what you think you want, then you leave it in the hands of someone else to figure it out. And while we as human beings are not great at predicting what will make us happy, It's better you predicting that for yourself than someone else. So don't be in the passenger's seat here. Step into the driver's seat. Take the wheel when it comes to directing your career forward when asking for what you need to pursue your career goals. Now, I talked about thinking through both personal goals, like more money, more work-life balance, more vacation days, but I also alluded to professional goals. And I'll give you a quick story. Brad the Boo Brad the dad, whatever I call him these days, <laughs> he, uh, he manages a team of cabinet manufacturers. And one of them recently uh, on his team came to him and said he's really looking for growth. Now, mind you, this was someone who already had three raises in a single calendar year. So when, when he was talking about growth, he was like, well, what are we even talking about here? What do you really mean by that? And when he was challenged to to clarify that what this person was really asking for was more leadership opportunity, more ascension up the ranks, uh, more responsibility, a promotion really is what this person was asking for. Brad asked, well, how do you want to grow your skills while you're here, right? If you want to continue to rise professionally, I want you to think about how to rise in terms of your contributions to this team, (laughs) which is a hard thing to think about because it means acknowledging the gaps in your skills, right? The gap between where you are and where you ultimately want to be. That takes an element of humility to really acknowledge and talk through, which can feel counterintuitive if you're saying, give me more money, give me a promotion, give me a raise, and then you're saying, yeah, I could really work more on my follow through. I I really want to focus on being more deadline driven. But those two things actually go hand in hand. So when thinking about your goals, don't just think about what you want to personally take away from the business or the organization. Think about your craft that you want to continue to develop. Maybe you want to spend more time on research and development, focus more on improving the client experience, reflect on what elements of how you do what you do that you really want to grow and refine further. When bringing that attitude to your performance review, it it sets you up to kind of showcase the fact that you're a growth-oriented and self-motivated individual who believes in continuous improvement. This sets you up to show that you're someone who believes in constant growth, who's self-motivated, and who really wants to continuously improve. So go into your performance review with those goals in mind, both personally and professionally. And then 
to be as persuasive as possible, empathize with your audience. You can't just go in guns a-blazing saying, here are my goals, give me what I want. (laughs) You have to think about where your audience, in this case, probably your manager, is coming from. So figure out what you need to do to de-center yourself, right? Remove yourself from the center of this equation for a hot second and try your best to empathize with your boss, even if it's difficult. Because if you can understand where they're coming from, then you can be more persuasive by identifying where you can be of support to one another. So here are some questions to reflect on if you're struggling with this. What is your boss hope for when it comes to the future of your team or your organization? What do you think they hope for most? What do you think they fear the most? What are they worried about? What makes them anxious or stressed? And then I want you to think about how do they prefer to be communicated with? How do they tend to process information? Are they a super visual learner? And then maybe there's a slide deck you can prepare to help make your case. Are they a super introverted person? Then maybe they need time to reflect before having a live conversation. And you would benefit by making your asks in a document or a memo so that you could give them more time to reflect on that, right? Choose how you want to communicate based not only on what you're most comfortable with, but what you think would serve your boss best or your manager best. Now, I realize you might be thinking to yourself, Emily, I don't have that kind of control. I work for a huge organization. We have this very bureaucratic process for performance reviews where, you know, this AI system is used to have me reflect on myself and then my boss gets that a month later and then two months later we sit down and look at it. I get it. You know, a lot of these processes can feel a little inhuman, inhumane, maybe both, <laughs> right? They can they can feel like they take the human out of the reflection. Um, and I, I hear you. Like, yeah, in some ways you are beholden to those systems. However, you have more power than you might think to lay the groundwork for a more formal review with more informal conversation beforehand. So think about taking your manager out for coffee, asking them to lunch, asking them for a quick one-on-one, and verbally discussing, or however works best for you and your manager, discussing your review, maybe before, during, or after the formal process. So, you know, a lot of the clients I work with in our Level Up Leadership Accelerator, they're laying the groundwork for a promotion all year long by having conversations that might not be formal HR documented conversations, but conversations nonetheless, where they're essentially saying, what do you need to see from me this year for a promotion to happen come year end? Like, where do, you, where do I need to improve? How can I work on showing you that I'm ready for more? And so just keep in mind that at the end of the day, even though these can feel like very bureaucratic processes, there are still human beings making these decisions. And wherever there are human beings making decisions, things are more flexible than they might seem. So have those conversations early and often. Consider what you want, your goals, and where your audience, in this case your boss or manager, is really coming from. Now, the second tip for preparing to make the most of your year-end performance review is to really clarify your own expectations. I want you to review what are the fundamental expectations aligned with your role, 
right? What is expected from someone in a project manager position at your company? Or what is expected from someone in a social media manager spot at your organization, right? I know that expectations for your role tend to not be as clear as they should be. I'm always flabbergasted by how many clients we work with here at Boss Up say, well, I don't really know what my boss wants from me, or uh, it was never really communicated to me what my goals are. And I'm just thinking, like, how can the world operate this way, truly? But figure out what those expectations are. Clarify those expectations, even if you need to write them down yourself and float them up to your boss for a retroactive thumbs up or thumbs down. Or go back to the original job description you were hired with. Somewhere along the lines, I would hope there was a bullet-pointed list somewhere that said, here's what you are responsible for in this position. And if you're like the many, many clients that we work with here at Postop who perhaps need to do better when it comes to clarifying expectations for our own direct reports or for our uh, you know, our own team members. I have an entire podcast, episode 265, that dives into how to set clearer expectations for your team members. Um, so you can check that out for more. Here at Bossed Up, we use a system that I review in that podcast called Tasks and Standards. It actually came originally from my fantastic CFO team over at CFO Financial Services, a company based in DC. But Manny Cosme, who's a phenomenal uh, leader in his own right, really shared with me this principle of being super duper explicit with your expectations for each assigned task that is associated with each role in your organization. So here at Bostop, we're very explicit about everything that needs to happen in order for our world to keep turning around here. So before our performance review, I encourage all of our team members to review our tasks and standards right? What are the strategic KPIs, OKRs, whatever you want to call them, goals that you have been driving towards all year long? Did you achieve them? When measurable objectives are, and goals are really clearly set ahead of time, this should be a fairly straightforward process. So if you do operate in conditions that are very clear like that, start to do your best to objectively see how you're measuring up. I know it's hard to be objective when we're talking about a self-evaluation here, but, you know, do your best. Like, did you meet objectively 50% of your goals this year? Or did you exceed your goals this year? Did you meet some of them and supersede some of them at the cost of meeting others? Really reflect holistically on all the tasks, all the objectives, all the measurable ways that you can prove that you've been successful and see where there are gaps. Where did you not quite meet your own expectations and where did you? Because that will help us go in with as much of an objective mindset as possible, focused on our performance, not personality and perception. Okay, this isn't like, well, I feel like I've got really friendly relationships with all of my colleagues. I add a little special something to the office or my clients really like me. That's all well and good, but I want you to focus your own sense of your performance based on your work product. And that way you can go in to your performance review ready to talk about expectation, right? Your job description, your tasks and standards, what you were aiming for versus reality, what actually happened this year. 
And that brings me to point number three. You want to go into this conversation with a prepared brag book. Now, we've done a whole podcast here at Bossed Up on how to prepare a brag book and how it can help you when navigating any kind of a performance review or interview situation or promotion path. That's episode 127 where you can learn more about it. But in summary, a brag book is essentially some place, could be a document, could be a folder on your desktop, some place where throughout the course of the year you are tracking your biggest achievements your standout projects, any superlative words of praise shared about you by clients, colleagues, or the stakeholders that you serve. When you combine all of that uh, perception, right, all of that sort of um, praise or, or proof of social satisfaction <laughs> with your work with what we talked about in point number two, the actual performance metrics, right? How many of your objectives you met, how many of your goals that you exceeded. Then you can go into your performance review with a really well-rounded picture that you can paint for your boss. Just keep in mind that you want to, as much as possible, try to connect your braggables in your brag book to the expectations of your job. Right? So if you're super duper proud about all the conferences you spoke at this year and the press that you earned for your hard work, but the fundamentals of your role have not gone well, then your braggables and your achievements in that front might ring a bit hollow. So do what you can to kind of present yourself via the achievements that relate to the core fundamentals of your job description, right? If you're not hitting any of your sales goals, but you're saying, look at all these happy customers' words of satisfaction that, you know, they were so happy to work with me, that might not be a really well-rounded case that you're making in your performance review. So think about the brag book within the context, first and foremost, of your expectations. What is expected of me in this role? Otherwise, things can go a little awry. You could be bragging about, Uh, Actually, Brad the dad comes up again here. I hope his colleagues don't listen to this podcast. I I highly doubt they do. Let me just put it this way. One of his his colleagues was asking for a promotion and said, look, I've innovated that process, and I've improved this system, and I've created this new product. And Brad the dad was like, none of that matters. (laughs) Like, no offense, but none of those projects have come to fruition. None of those innovation processes have been finished. Nothing has actually come to fruition or actually added to the bottom line of the business here. And the fundamentals of your job are not going that well. (laughs) So just be wary of bragging about things that your audience, in this case your manager, doesn't value. Okay, that's why being goal-oriented and audience-centric is the very first tip on this podcast. Tip number four, consider what feedback you need to succeed. Way back when I started this podcast, episode 24, I interviewed Sheila Heen, who's a brilliant professor, I believe at the Harvard Business School. She wrote a whole book about this matter, so I won't go into it too deeply. But the fact of the matter is people don't get good feedback unless they ask for it. So keep this truth in mind when you go into your performance review and take on the leadership and the sort of mental leadership of figuring out for yourself what kind of feedback you want from your manager the most. 
In other words, go into your performance review with an agenda. What specifically do you want feedback on? How can your boss and the skills that they have provide insight and useful support to you when it comes to moving forward, especially as it relates to your self-identified growth areas, those goals that you have for how you want to continue to master your craft. So if one of your goals is, I want to become a more polished, cogent communicator, right? I want to be more persuasive in my communication. And let's say you really do think your boss is good at that. Right? You wouldn't ask someone to, to share with you the feedback on that skill if you didn't value how they performed in that arena, right? But let's assume for the sake of this example that you like how persuasive and cogent a communicator your boss is, and that's something you really want to work on further. Go in with some specific questions to ask your boss for the feedback you want and need to improve in that area. For instance, how did they become such an effective communicator? What resources do they know of for how to be a more polished and effective communicator? Or what do they think you could be doing differently to improve your communication? If this is a self-identified area of growth, don't be shy about asking your manager for their support in closing those skill gaps. After all, a good manager's job is to set you up for success. So enlist their support early and often and go listen to that podcast, episode 24, if you want to hear a lot more on how to do just that. My final words of advice here are to expect the unexpected. And that can be hard, right? Because the fact of the matter is you don't want a surprise when it comes to your year-end performance review, unless it's a happy surprise, right? But More often than not, I hear from folks who are absolutely shocked by the feedback that comes up at the end of the year. The bombs are dropped that seem to have never come up all year long. And all of a sudden, your manager has words of, you know, here's some feedback for how you can improve this huge thing you've been doing, frankly, incorrectly all year long. People are conflict avoidant. People are scared and not good at giving radically candid feedback all year long, especially in a lot of cultures, um, corporate cultures that are not very psychologically safe. People can be passive aggressive. They can just feel frustrated with your performance but not do or say anything about it to help you improve until, boom, they're asked in some bureaucratic formal process to write down where you could be doing things better. So... Knowing that people are innately conflict avoidant, I want you to go into your performance review emotionally prepared to be surprised. If you get some tough feedback that you don't see coming, how do you want to react? First, think about how you actually do react to a stressful situation like that. Do you tend to get flushed? to start, you know, getting defensive and getting that fight version of the fight or flight mode? Do you start to cry? You know, we could do a whole episode on crying at work. I honestly think we have to do that soon. But wherever you're starting from, whatever response you tend to default to, don't try to bottle it up necessarily or deny it. Instead, I want you to think of replacing that behavior with an alternative set of behaviors that I want to reach for instead. I'm going to recognize what's happening. 
take a deep breath, maybe plaster a smile on my face, even if it feels a little forced in the moment because there's a little something known as the facial feedback loop, which is amazing. Your brain gets signals from your face when you're smiling that says, oh, brain, I'm happy actually. I, Even though I'm feeling very stressed right now, if I have a smile on my face, I'm actually going to feel happy and I'm going to behave as though I am happy. So even if it feels a little hard to do in the moment, check your face, okay, <laughs> and put a smile on it to help you stay calm. Um, I actually recently did this uh, with my childcare provider. We had a six-month performance review, and we have the world's most incredible childcare provider. And uh, we're in a nanny share situation in my household. So another household and my household and our two little ones are cared for by the same incredible brilliant, hardworking person. And I said, I wanted to be really specific with you as I give you this feedback, because I don't think generic feedback is very helpful. And I think when I said that to her, she got nervous because we've been saying to her for the past six months, oh, you're just amazing. We just so love working with you and we're so lucky to have you. And I said, I want to be really specific when I give you feedback because I wanted to tell her exactly the ways that she exceeded our expectations. <laughs> but instead, I think I totally stressed her out because her face dropped. I mean, I've never seen this very happy-go-lucky smiley provider of childcare for us like look so nervous. But she was. At the end, she was like, wow, I was really nervous for that conversation. And I was like, what? So if you are the kind of person who when you're in a nervous situation, your whole face drops Help your body and brain out by slapping a smile on your face. It will make you look calmer and it will make you feel calmer. I know it sounds silly, but it works. And then finally, I want you to have some go-to lines that will help you buy yourself time. When we're in a stressful flight or fight mode, it's really hard to think clearly. So if you are kind of responding to a huge, unforeseeable bomb that's being dropped on you in this performance review. And then you're asked a question like, what do you think about that? Or how will you improve in this area that I just told you about? You might want to have some go-to lines that are like this. I really appreciate you bringing that up. I'm going to have to think more about that and get back to you. Or I recognize uh, that this is actually the first I'm hearing of this, so I'm going to need some time to think about it and get back to you. Or can we circle back on this at a later date? I'd love to continue this conversation when I've had more time to think about it and process this. No one can begrudge you for needing a little bit of time, especially if this is surprising news. So have some of those lines in your back pocket, written on a sticky note, maybe stuck on your you know, laptop if you're doing this virtually. Because like I said, when you're in that fight or flight mode, your frontal lobes, your brain is just not ready to think. So give yourself a line to reach for to help you buy some time. And then worst case scenario, if you do find yourself shedding some tears, which is known to happen, I'm a frustration crier myself, a couple things to think about. Don't apologize. Don't stop talking. I know that's hard to do because we live in a world that's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to need a minute. And then we never hear the rest of that person's sentence because God forbid you should cry and speak. But I think I first learned this actually back in the day from a really powerful leader at the DNC when I worked in campaigns, Nicole Dursey, the training director of Organizing for America, 
like 15 years ago who, who shared this norm that we have here at Boss Step now called talk through the tears. It is A-OK to cry. Keep talking. Let it happen. In fact, if anything, you can explain it away by saying, I'm just really passionate about the subject. And that's what happens when I feel really passionate. Or I feel really strongly about this. And I want you to know how much I care. I hope that when you are preparing for any kind of a performance review, and especially a year-end performance review, these five strategies can help you go in feeling cool, calm, collected, and ready to make your case for whatever it is that you want. After all, this is not just a formality. This is an opportunity for self-advocacy. So embrace the persuasive communication principle of being goal-oriented and audience-centric. Review your role's expectations and compare them to your actual performance this year. Go in with your brag book ready to arm you with a persuasive case as to why you deserve whatever it is that you want. Consider what feedback you're seeking in order to continue to sustainably succeed. And then just give yourself a minute to prepare and really expect the unexpected. And hopefully with these boss tips in your back pocket, I know you'll be successful in moving your career and life forward. Now, if you want a written blog post version of this podcast today so you can refer back to it and kind of use it as your checklist going into performance review season, you can find all of that and hyperlinks to all of the related podcasts I mentioned at bossstep.org slash episode 374. That's bossdip.org slash episode 374. And stay tuned for episode 376, a part two to this conversation about performance reviews, specifically for managers who are preparing to give their staff feedback via end-of-year performance reviews. Until next time, let's keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.